good morning, good morning, and happy Sunday to all of our HOD podcast listeners. We are back once again this Sunday morning, bringing you all a podcast for your listening pleasure. We pray that you all are doing well this morning, that everyone is in good spirits, uh, everyone is in good health, um, that you are ready to get your praise on this morning. We, as always, want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in this morning, uh, for making us a part of your Sunday morning activities. Uh, Many of you have made the podcast a permanent part of what you do every Sunday morning, which is why we do our best to make sure that we bring you guys a podcast each and every week Um, but again we thank you all for taking out time from all of your busy schedules to tune into the podcast for making it a great great success and uh, for all of your prayers uh, for all of your uh, words of encouragement trust me not one of those messages and not one of those shout outs that you guys give goes uh, without a thanks we appreciate all of you uh, for making this podcast what it has become. Uh, without you, it would just be something that's posted, but uh, it would be a leaf floating in the wind. Uh, and we know how many of those float out there in the wind. Uh, we want to make sure that we continue to keep our podcast prayer list going forward. Uh, continue, please continue to keep the Reed and McClary family in your prayers. Uh, Continue to keep um, our government, our nation, all of our leaders in your prayers. Uh, Continue to keep our children who are getting closer to uh, finishing up the school year. Uh, We know that the end of the the school year exams are uh, on the way. And we want to continue to pray for our children as they prepare to take these exams. uh, That God will uh, bring back everything that they have learned to their remembrance. uh, And will help them to uh, make it on to their next grade. And to continue to excel um, as he has done thus far. Uh, Continue to keep our teachers also in your prayers. uh, All of our schools. And not just in the surrounding area, but uh, throughout the nation. Continue to keep them in your prayers. Um, Continue to keep these young people's minds in your prayers. Uh, Those who are dealing with depression, uh, those that are dealing with um, being bullied, uh, those that are dealing with uh, feeling inadequate, uh, those that might, might be confused, those that are just dealing with what children and teenagers deal with we were all there once so we all know what it feels like to feel like the oddball uh to be the one that some might decide is an easy target to pick on uh we we've seen it all uh as adults we know that we can look back and we if uh if it wasn't us we've seen somebody that has gone through those types of things So definitely keep all of our young people 
in their mind um, in your prayers. Uh, we are preparing ourselves once again for our service on next Sunday. Next Sunday. Come on, say it with me. Next Sunday. Everybody, if you are free, have nothing on your agenda, have nothing planned, have nothing going on. We would love to see your face in the place. So if you have nothing planned, please come out. Uh, House of Deliverance Ministries, 3039 Thoroughfare Road here in Goldsboro. Service begins at 10 a.m. and we would love to see you. Uh, but with all of that being said, you guys, we are ready to jump into this podcast. So you know what time it is. Sit back, relax, kick your feet up for as long as you can. I hope you got your church socks on your feet. So let's get it. Now, I'm going to take you to Sunday morning, praise and worship, old school style. Can I get some help in the house? All right. Anybody remember these kind of songs? See, I got a few on this side that already picked it up. Play it again.
He's been a way maker. He's been a deliverer. He's been a comforter. He's been a provider. He's been a protector. And now, is there anybody here that's got a reason to praise him? I'm declaring here, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Bless his name. Lift his name. Exalt him. Exalt him. Magnify him. Give him glory. take 10 seconds and think about what God has done in your life I'm not talking about your grandmama's testimony I'm talking about what God has done for you just take 10 more seconds because for some of y'all he's been better than that it was not because of any goodness of your own but he sent two watchmen called grace and mercy and if it hadn't been for the grace of God you should have been if it hadn't been for the mercy of God you would have been but 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 sit down for y'all start something in here
you can sing it with us. It's a real simple song of worship.
Ross, to all of my colleagues in ministry, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, our preacher does not need a long introduction. Uh, sometimes a father regrets that he names his son after him. There are other times a father rejoices. In this case, Rudolph McKissick Sr. rejoices that he named his son after him. And after we have a selection, you will hear the pastor of the Bethel Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Fasten your seatbelts. Should I say amen again? I think I can share this with my brethren. I've done enough singing, amen. But, but Doc Bond, won't you come give us a number? Amen. Amen. My friend and my brother, pastor of the Traveler's Rest Missionary Baptist Church located on Cleveland Avenue. He's well able to do it, amen. Give him a hand as he comes. Let everyone say amen. Let us say it again. Let's say it one more time. It's a blessing to be in the Lord's house. Uh, I'm from the state of Mississippi. And where I'm from, you know, we sing country songs. So y'all don't mind if I sing a little country song. Through the years I keep on toiling.
whole thing and the preacher coming up. Lord, Lord, I'm tired. Anybody here ever get tired of this old race I run? I used to hear grandmama say, my friends, they talk about me. Your friends ever talked about you, but I gotta keep pressing on till the battle's been fought and the victory been won. Prayer, <laughs> keep me fit for service. <laughs> but oh, I gotta keep on <laughs> till the Lord calls me home. I need y'all help right here. I said, Stay right there. Oh, win <laughs> the game. Somebody said win <laughs> the game. Somebody said win. <laughs> Somebody said win. <laughs> oh, win the Lord. Win the game. Let us pray. God, we affirm today that it is in you that we live, move, and have our being. We thank you that you thought it not robbery to gather us in your house as your people to worship your name, to hear from your word, to better understand how to live for your glory and your honor. Now, God, we need a word from you. No one has come to hear my opinion or my philosophy. But right now, speak truth to power. Let your anointing fall on me and rest on me. Speak through me. Have your way in this sacred moment. God, anything that I've written down that you don't want me to say, blind me from it. Anything that I didn't write down that you want me to say, put it in my mouth so that we might be freshly made aware that you are still God. You are still in control. Have your way now. We ask in the only name that matters, the name of Jesus. Amen. We give all honor to the spirit of Christ. We honor the angel of this house, our host pastor and the bishop in the Lord's church, Bishop Jerome Ross. 
to President Leffridge, to my friend and my brother, my host pastor, Pastor Keith Troy, to all of the other pastors who share in the simultaneous revival, to all of those who are my partners in proclamation this week, to all of you, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, ladies and gentlemen, we greet you in the name of him who orders our steps, meets us with mercy. And we are thankful in the language of antiquity that he has allowed our golden days to roll on just a little while longer. I am thankful and blessed by the privilege to stand to proclaim the word today. And we trust that God will bless in a strong and powerful way. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings and the 7th chapter. If you would not mind standing with me to honor the reading of God's word, the seventh chapter of Second Kings, beginning at verse three. This is the word of the Lord. Let us hear it. Four men with leprosy were at the entrance to the gate. They said to each other, why just sit here until we die? If we say, let's go into the city, we will die there because the famine is in the city. But if we sit here, we will die also. So now come, let's go to the Arameans camp. If they let us live, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. So the leprous men got up at twilight to go to the Arameans camp. And when they came to the camp's edge, they discovered that there was not a single man there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean camp to hear the sound of chariots, horses, and a great army. The Arameans had said to each other, the king of Israel must have hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to attack us. So they had gotten up and fled at twilight, abandoning their tents, horses, and donkeys. The camp was intact and they had fled for their lives. When these men came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent to eat and drink. Then they picked up the silver, gold, and clothes and went off and hid. Came back and entered another tent, picked things up and hid them. Then they said to each other, we're not doing what is right. Today is a day of good news. And if we are silent and wait until morning light, we will be punished. Let's go tell the king's household. Amen. Seated in the presence of our God. I want to preach this afternoon as the spirit shall guide with this thought in our minds. Don't count. Don't count. Beloved, it has been said that there are many things that you can live and survive without. But one of the things you cannot survive without is the power and presence of hope. There are many things you can make it without. There are many things that can be taken from you and you can still continue to live. But the one thing you cannot live without is hope resting in your life. Someone has said that hope is possessing the ability to trust a power outside of you more than you trust the situation around you. It gives you motive and reason to keep on living. I was reminded of that just recently when I was in Los Angeles, California. They had had three or four days of torrential rain. I was watching the news and there was a little girl on there about eight years old who had survived a car crash, her mother had died. 
as they were interviewing the little girl, the little girl told them that in the rain, the car had skid off the highway, gone down the embankment and landed in some trees. It had happened a day before that. They asked her when they were interviewing her, how in the world did she survive? To which she said, when we landed and crashed, mommy kept telling me, hold on, baby, somebody's coming. I began to think about the reality of hope because every now and then the car of your life rolls down an embankment you weren't looking for and you crash and look like you are about to burn. But if you can just hear somebody telling you, hold on, somebody's coming. You can make it until they show up. Y'all, you can make it without many things, but the one thing you cannot make it without is hope. It is being able to see beyond where you are and see where you are about to go. It is having confident expectation. It's not about what God might do. It's not about what might happen. It is the conviction of expectancy in the face of contextual contradiction. It is when your context suggests you ought to act one way, but you act antithetical to how your situation says you ought to be. Your situation says you ought to cry, but you contradict with hope and you smile. Your situation says you ought to give up, but you contradict with expectancy and say weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hope is being able to look at your context, hear the voice of your context, know that the situation says you ought to be one way, but act a total different way. It is knowing the facts, but coming up with a different verdict. That's what hope is really all about. And when you have hope in your life, in spite of where you are and what you are going through, you can look at everybody who discounts and disqualifies you and tell them no matter what my situation looks like, don't count me out. Because there is somebody involved in my situation that you cannot calculate my finale without them being inside of it. And that's what happens in this very familiar Old Testament narrative. Here we have some brothers who by every indication should have been counted out a long time ago. They suffer from what is called leprosy and their leprous situation should have had them resigned to a life of misery. They've been put out of the city, forced to live on a colony with others who suffer from the same fate as they do. They are forced to live on the outskirts of the city. Society has set up rules and regulations for them because their worth was based on what they had and not on who they were. Nobody wanted them around. Nobody could touch them. They could not touch anybody. Everywhere they went, they had to shout unclean, unclean, which meant they had to come into agreement with society's definition of their dysfunction they had to agree that they were as sick as everybody said they were but let me take it a little deeper leprosy was a skin situation so that they were treated differently because their skin was different they, they, they were disenfranchised and marginalized and a colony was set up on the outskirts of the city because there was something different about their skin. They had 
different rules because their skin was different. And y'all can sit here and look at me like that if you want to. But all of us in here know what it's like. And pastor people who are marginalized and disenfranchised because there's something different about their skin. And so here they are, put out of the city because their skin was different. Here they are, the government set up a city outside the city where everybody could be alike. They set up a ghetto, if you will, where everybody with the same skin had to stay in their own neighborhood and could not participate in the mainstream of society. They, 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 they got a skin, which also means if it's a skin disease, their issue is something they can't hide. It's one thing when you can hide your problem. It's one thing when you can dress up and masquerade your mess. It's one thing when you can come to church and shout so loud that nobody thinks you're going through anything. But what do you do when what you're going through is up for public domain? How do you handle when you can't hide what you're going through and everybody can see you have a problem? Not only that, the Bible never tells us their name, but it tells us their condition. Isn't it rough when folk don't know you by your name, but they know you by what you go through? Isn't it a terrible thing when you're not defined by your name, but you're defined by your condition? They don't know your name is John, but they know you can't keep a job. They don't know your name is Susan, but they know you done been married three times. They don't know your name is Bob, but they know you're still living in your mama's house. They don't know your name is Sharon, but they know you got pregnant by somebody you wasn't married to. What do you do when nobody knows your name, but everybody knows your condition? And, and here they are, here they are, having their destiny determined by the description of their dysfunction. God help me. Here they are, having the definition of what they can do, being defined by what they had. And I'm looking at somebody in here right now who is where they were. People know you by your problem, but they know nothing about you as a person. Your situation makes you feel like giving up and throwing in the towel. Your problem has a pre-assigned worth for your value in society. And the enemy has about convinced you that things will never change. But you need to read the end of the story because in the end, they got blessed, not because society changed their mind, but because they had a hopeful conviction inside of them that was determined no matter what they say about us, you better not count us out. They said, let us rise up and go get what God has for us. And that's what you need to tell folk in your congregation. And that's what you need to live out in your own life. I know my skin is different. I know I have a definition of dysfunction. I know how society feels about me, but don't count me out. I'm going to rise up and go get whatever God has for me. You ought to tell your neighbor, don't you count me out. I don't know what you think about me. I don't care what you think about me. Don't you count me out. Because some of y'all looking at me, but
but you know you've had some people uh, who determined you wouldn't make it. You had some people uh, who counted you out after the last hell you went through, but I might have one witness in this house uh, who can say no matter what they thought, uh, I'm still here because there was something inside of me that would not give in to what was around me. You, you, you got to learn how to rise up. See, because if God had intended what you're going through to take you out, you'd have been gone a long time ago. Which means it didn't come to destroy you. It came to develop you. So learn from it, move on out of it, and don't settle in it. Uh, quit throwing your pity party, rise up. Quit acting like the tail and not the head, rise up. Because uh, the last thing the devil wants to see is somebody he thought he had down getting up. Uh, because the last time somebody got up on him, he suffered his greatest defeat. Uh, Y'all didn't hear what I said. Uh, the last thing the devil wants you to do is get up. Because uh, every time you get up, you give him a flashback. Uh, because the last time somebody got up uh, when he thought he had them down, uh, they got up with all power in their hands. All right, preacher. How do I keep my expectancy alive in spite of my contradicting context? Three things, three things, and then I'm going to be out your way. First thing you got to understand is that everybody you can count, you can't count on. Dr. Miles Jones used to say some of the best preaching is not what's on the text. It's what's between the text. Um, and, and, and when you look between the text, you will discover something. Um, you, you know, if you know the culture, Lepers were put on a colony, as I said. And they were put on a colony with hundreds of others that looked like them. They, they were put out there with other folk who, who looked like them, hundreds of others. Now, in the Bible, there's never a waste for words. It, it, and the Bible doesn't say some lepers. It says four. There is a, a word and number of particularity. Four. But we know more than four lived on a colony. But there are only four in the text. There, there, there are hundreds in the colony. But, but, but there are only four in, in, in the text. And I, I don't know, but my exegetical imagination suggests to me that maybe there's a particularity of number because nobody else in the camp thought like they thought. Maybe there are only four because nobody else was determined to get out. Others looked like them but did not think like them because everybody you count you can't count on. I'm trying to help somebody understand today that just because folk look like you, in the words of Jeremiah Wright, everybody your color ain't your kind. I wish I could talk to you. 
All you got to do is ask Condoleezza Rice. And uh, all you got to do, I wish I could talk to some of y'all in here. Everybody, your color ain't your kind. Just because they got your skin don't mean they got your consciousness. Just because they in your church don't mean they think the same way. That's why you better be saying, God, don't just sit me by somebody who comes to church, but show me somebody who's got the right mindset about how to handle a situation. See, one of our problems is we think because we got folk around us that we got good company. Because you don't understand loneliness is not defined as being alone. Loneliness is defined as not having suitable folk in your space. You can have company and still be alone. Oh, God, help me in here today. See, you, 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 you've got to reach a point where you don't just want people around you, but you need folk around you who have the right mentality about the situation. And everybody who is around you might not be with you. Don't you hang out with people who try to bring you into agreement with being what your situation says you ought to be because they will speak against you instead of speaking into you. You got to hang out with people who have the right attitude. Now let me take it a step further. There were four who were dialoguing and made the decision, let's get up out. All four of them had the same condition. Um, their encouragement, Pastor Walla, didn't come from folk who weren't going through what they were going through. Because sometimes you don't need a word from folk who haven't walked where you're walking. Sometimes you need to be encouraged by somebody who is going through what you're going through. Can I talk to you? There are no non-alcoholics in Alcoholics Anonymous. Everybody in there got a liquor problem and trying to struggle through it together. Every now and then, I don't need somebody who ain't been through nothing. I need somebody catching the same hell I'm catching to say, let's pray together. Let's walk together. Let's share together because we can make it out of this together. I don't need overcoming testimonies all the time. Sometimes I need somebody who can say, Preacher, I still don't have a job. I still can't pay my bills. I'm still single sleeping in a double bed. But I'm testifying God is still God. And I'm making it through this situation. Everybody you count. You can't count on. There were hundreds on the colony but only four in the text. Something else, something else. The text suggests that God will initiate interference based on your initiative. Huh? Stick with me. God will initiate interference based on your initiative. Let me tell you, one of the things that we need to always remember and that is a struggle in faith and theology is, is the struggle of understanding that God is always active even when he seems absent. Um, he's always up to something. And the struggle is you don't always see 
what he's up to. And, and, and you're not mature enough to not ask for a sign. So the struggle becomes trusting what I don't see and believing that when I need to see it, he'll reveal it. But pre-revelation is a struggle to know God is doing something and that he's not obligated to show it to me, give me a hint or a sign to relieve me. I I just got to trust that something's going on somewhere for my benefit. And the text suggests that God makes moves not always where we are but where we need it. And that my initiative initiates his interference. Okay, watch text. Watch text. Verse 5 says they took initiative at twilight. That's what it says. They got up at twilight. They, they, they didn't just talk about it, but they, they did something at, at twilight. They, they, they initiated their deliverance at twilight. They, they acted on their conscious decision at twilight. When you go down to verse 7, you will discover there was...
I know that it seems sometimes that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, striving to make things better in your life, but for some reason you're not getting nowhere. Well, I want you to turn to the one next to you and tell them you tried your way. It didn't work, no. You put him second, second, yeah, and put you first. Oh yeah. You trusted friends, thought they had your back. Oh oh. And every time you turn around, it seems you're under attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But turn to your neighbor and say, See the devil is alive. No, I'm not gonna die. It's okay to cry, cause he's by your side. You gotta stop that hating. I know you don't wanna hear it. Gotta fast and pray and listen to the spirit, cause he's speaking to your heart right now. Just listen to the spirit, oh. Hold up. Your bills are due And all the people you helped Did not want to help you I talked to my mother She said, pray about I talked to my pastor She said, pray about But I was so blinded I wish you would just tell your neighbor, tell them for me. See, the devil is a liar. No, you're not gonna die. It's okay to cry, cause he's by your side. You gotta stop that hating. I know you don't wanna hear it. Gotta fast and pray and listen to the spirit, y'all. He's speaking to your heart right now. Just listen to the spirit, oh. I was in my own way, but I'm here to tell you without this face I'm a major failure. So if you got problems, know that you can't fix it. Just give it to Jesus. How can I get a witness and tell him, say, that the devil is a liar? You gotta listen to the spirit. Whoa, God is. Yes, he is. He's trying to get your attention right now. Got your own plan, but God's got a better one. No, listen. God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to tell you something. God's trying to tell you something. Listen. I'm trying to 
Yes, sir. 
you guys we have made it to the end of another podcast we hope and pray that you all have enjoyed the podcast here this morning uh we are so thankful and grateful that you took out time to listen uh to tune in and to be uh the great listeners that you all have been for the entire time that this podcast has been in existence um we have celebrated two years of uh this podcast on uh, on last april uh, so this April will make our third year of having a HOD podcast. Um, so we're coming up on anniversary number three. And again, we thank you all for making it a success. Uh, it would be nothing without you. And uh, we do not take it for granted that you guys have made the podcast what it has become. Um, we do, again, want to remind everyone of the service on next sunday if you are free and have nothing on your agenda we would love to see your face in the place so uh, if you are able to come out don't meet us there but beat us there Uh, begins at 10 a.m and we would love to see you Uh, but with all of that being said you guys we love you we appreciate you we're continuing to pray for you continue to pray for us and we will see you on the other side
Alright everybody Y'all try to take your seats if you can Musicians y'all gotta cut it out Cause the praise is in the place Jeffrey stop all that dancing Don't y'all play another note Because what I feel brewing on the inside Please take your seats Take your seats please if you can If you can We gotta get out of here It's time to go home <laughs>